This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com. The Talksport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome all in to the city event. Uh, Good afternoon. Good evening. Good night. Uh, so we've had a, a pretty interesting week this week, really. Uh, obviously, after Colchester, very disappointing. Hartlepool, more pleasing. Now, what I've had to do is, because I have been away this weekend, I have been like Rod Stewart sang, we are, we are sailing. I've been away. So it's been a little bit difficult. So what today, first of all, I'll introduce Andy. Andy, Hello. how are you? I'm all right, thanks. About yourself? I'm not too bad. But before we get properly going, just a quick shout out to our sponsor, Complete IT Systems Limited, providing industry-leading IT solutions for 14 years. Again, I'm pretty sure until they tell me otherwise, they're a Bradford company. We need to support them. So, yeah, I've been away. So I thought (laughs) we need to have a Bradford City fan on who actually either watched the game or was live for the game. So, Declan... Let's have you in, my friend. Hello. How's it going? How are we, mate? Not too bad for you. You look like you've got an interesting uh, picture behind you. Can you tell us a little bit more? Oh, yeah. It's the uh, the tiffle with the, um, with the full flag as well. I couldn't, I couldn't resist having that on today. Once I was jumping on a year, I thought straight away I need to get that on. Been part of that as well. It was great. Just for anybody who doesn't know, Deck was the one who sorted it out with a flag. And we massively appreciate it. Luckily for us, City fan, the service that we got. Just mention your company's name again for me, Deck. Uh, so it's Print Arler. It's my company. A uh, little setup, uh, very recent setup in the last sort of six months or so. And um, so as soon as I saw you guys were after something, I thought yeah, jump on that. Yeah, and it's much massively appreciated. And the quality for anyone, obviously, who was in the cop could see how good it was. So. I think we first of all, guys, we need to talk about Colchester. Uh, Andy, I'm going to come to you <laughs> straight away. Tell us about Colchester. 
it, it were a bit of a dogged performance, to be honest. Um, really slow, no build up whatsoever, and it just didn't look like they, they all looked like they were just tired. No, no, there, there were no energy, there were no speed of passing, there were no going through the gears at all. It was just all there were a lot of fives and sixes, and there wasn't enough eight, nines, and tens. So, what went wrong? Deck, tell me what went wrong. For me, I think it's it's been a problem we've had at the start of the season quite a bit. We've too much possession ball, it seems to be, too much passing around the back. Um, there's no really sense of urgency either. Um, I've got to go into a couple of players' angle. He looked completely out of his depth on that left-hand side. And then Oliver up front, I'm saying to Andy before, I'm really looking forward <laughs> to seeing Oliver there. Rather than Cook, just maybe this is the game he comes out of his shell, but it just there was just nothing there. Just do you think that's because of his do you think that's because he's maybe not had the full pre-season with us or yeah, I think it could be down to that. And also the service. I think with getting balls into the box, we didn't do we didn't have too many. Um it was a lot of lump the ball up, see if he can win it. If he doesn't, go straight back and then we'll just pass it around back for a bit and then the same again. Um Overall, I think it was a pretty poor game from from my side. I, mean, I think Padane's an interesting one, isn't it? We haven't seen anything yet. Um, I, I think we obviously mentioned it last week. We've mentioned it the week before. We've mentioned it before, 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 before. So it's, it's, it's just been it's been a difficult one for him. Um, it does seem like we have to lump the ball into the box for him. League one. Most headers won in that league, most aerial battles, sorry. So it's interesting to see that he's struggling against League Two defenders or the fact that he might be, that he's not fit. Andy, what do you think on that one? I, I, I just think it's the style of play, the sort of ball that we're playing. I think if we went into a, um, if we went into sort of like a two up top, someone to bounce off, the, off of him a bit closer, because I, I find that, even when he is winning balls, the same goes for Cook as well. A lot of the time, when we're winning balls, there's no one near him to do it. So if we are gonna, if we are gonna have that one up, that one up top, it needs to be someone that's going to be able to get in behind a bit more rather than the holding the play up. Because I've got no doubt, Fidane could do that all day long. He can hold the ball up. He can win everything he needs to win. But I just feel that he needs that man that's a lot closer to him rather than relying on the three behind him to get get himself pulled in. Yeah, I mean, and it, you know, obviously we're talking about the forwards here. I think it's probably fair to talk about the defence at Colchester. Uh, Deck, what was your thoughts on the defence, especially for that last minute winner? I think, I think they just sort of switched off there. I think we saw it against Barrow as well the week before. With a late goal, they just they just seem too much with this. We'll pass it all across each other, keep going back, and then I think once they get caught out, that that is really getting to them at the minute. I think leading on to the sort of Hartlepool game, which I mentioned after, is the fullbacks. I'm not, yeah. I've not got a lot of confidence with the fullbacks in the team now, and I just, I just think it's just we've got some silly mistakes in there that we need to need to iron out, and I think. With Hughes, I think we will. Um, but it just needs to be quick because we're going to get burnt. And there's going to be teams that will watch that, see where we're having the mistakes and we'll just attack us for it. See, that last-minute goal, that last-minute goal against Colchester, that war 
literally a carbon copy of the Barrow goal. We, whereas fullbacks are in no man's land once again, and they've come in back post for a nod. And don't get me wrong, it's it, sh- it should have been closed down sooner before it got to that point. But the fullbacks just seem to be off the boil, both of them. To be fair, Halliday went missing a few times against Colchester, um, so I. I, I I'm not. I'm not sure whether it's replacements we need, but something needs to change with the fullbacks because it it looks like that could be our downfall this season. Do you think that bringing in different players, bringing in? I mean, I think I think Hendry's nearly back. I know that I talked to him, or we talked to him, should I say, before I think it was Doncaster game, and he said that he'd, he, you know, he was out for maybe a couple of months. Do you think that they've not got enough pressure on? those places where they actually think, Deck, I'll ask you first, do you think that that's where the downfall is, that maybe they all, you know, Rydalge and uh, Halliday think that they're going to walk into the team and and not worry about that? Yeah, yeah, I think that's one of the main issues, really. Um, you've seen you've seen that with Oliver and Cook. Oliver's um, obviously started off the season in the team. As soon as Cook's got his chance in there, look what he's done. He's proved to he's proved that he's the main striker and he wants to be the main striker. So I think the same could happen with with the fullbacks. I think it will. I even I was talking to Andy on Saturday and I said even Threlkeld. I know he's got a lot of pelters in the past, but even Threlkeld I think could do a job there. And again, I watched him last preseason and he was brilliant against Blackburn. And then yeah, didn't have a great season. But I think just giving him that confidence as well, bring that confidence back up. If he's you know. Do you know what? In pre-season, Threlkeld, he had a good couple of games. Yeah, he, he had an opportunity to to score and shoot and his confidence obviously let him down at that point. But for doing what his job is, tackling and getting forward to get the ball in, Threlkeld, I, I have given him many appellers in the past. He didn't he didn't do much wrong in yeah, pre-season. And same with Matty Fault. I'm not sure what he's got to do to get into this team. I, I think Mark Hughes is really firm on these are his back these are his two fullbacks at, at the moment and i think he's quite reluctant to change it yeah i think do you know what i think it's a fair point and probably there is people watching this going what throwkeld uh actually was all right in the couple of games that i watched and i think you're right as well about the fact that he did have a chance to score a goal and he didn't uh he put it across and it was terrible but then again, he also hit the post as well. I think it was a personal crossbar in that game, in the preseason game. But we, I feel that for me, those, and we've known this all the way through preseason, that those are the two potential weakest points in the team. We need to have that that competition. I know that, Andy, you go on about folds and stuff. Personally, for me, I'm not sure. That's my personal opinion. Why? What, what, what makes you unsure about him? Um, I think that because we're looking at other players, for instance, where you've got uh, Rydalge there, who isn't hasn't started well since he's had his operation, that sometimes you think that a player is going to come in and be an absolute genius. I don't think that that is folds. Uh, I was talking to someone the other day and they were saying about the fact that Everton had picked him up, the fact that he was playing in Serie B. That doesn't mean anything to me at all. What it means to me is that um, that, that they've got potential. However, 
I'm not sure that Folds is the answer. I'm not saying that he that he genuinely isn't. I'm just saying that I think that sometimes as City fans, you look at a different player and go, oh, but they'll do a better job. And, and they probably won't. That's my point. Anyway, so obviously the defeat against Colchester, they've had a terrible, terrible run and they win. We then move on to Hartlepool. Hartlepool as well. Terrible, terrible run as well. Uh, new manager, new players. Timmy leaves them. They brought in a lot of players from the Scottish League. Their manager as well, obviously, Scottish as well. Um, Andy, start me off. First half, what did we first, think? First half, it was slow. Um, well, I say it was slow. We started off lightning. Let, let, let's put it out there. We, we, we got that first goal. And then it's like they must have thought job would done awesome because everything just slowed right down. It became too passive in the way we were playing, which brought pressure on. And obviously, they, they went and equalised. I thought the first half, we, we were poor. And I think Lee Angle, um, he had his weakest game in a Bradford City shirt for me. Um, I know you were saying earlier that you've seen the highlights and you thought he looked pretty good in the highlights. But for me, out on that left, it, it's, it's not Lee Angle's place. And like, so the first half was terrible. And then we come out and then we bring Kane Arrett on. He goes straight over and makes a run down Lee Angle's position where Lee Angle should have been. Bang, go straight away. And and that's what that that's what Lee Angle can't do. He's so much better as a central striker, getting in behind. Um obviously we won't play in that formation until sort of like second half where it looked like we went to a four four two. Um it looked pretty flat to me with Harrod just maybe behind Cook. But yeah, Lee Angle for me he didn't he didn't have his best game and I thought Chapman were pretty quiet. Um, other than other than his goal the other the other day, like he's it, been pretty quiet for me all season so far. I know we're still early days before everyone starts having a go. Um, but Banks, Banks for me, he he, he were up there for man at match. If if Cook hadn't scored two, Banks were man at match all day long for me. We'll go back and then I'm going to ask you a question in a second, Declan. So, um, talk about Angle. And, and, you know, this is the thing that, that obviously highlights Deceive You. I genuinely couldn't watch the game. I was I was out for work. I was I was sailing. Uh, so, I was, I was unable to see anything. But for me, and, and you mentioned that as well, Andy, was that from the highlights I saw, it looked like Angle played really well. And obviously that... To you, so, I mean, obviously, we were in the group chat. We were talking about it. Deck, what did you think to Angle? I just think he's out of position. I think he's really not suited to either side. I think he has to be down the middle for me. Um, he proved that last season when he wasn't injured. Um, I think I think he's too. He tries to do too much as well. Rather than look for the pass, he seems to want to just take everyone on, try the fancy little flicks. And I think it was the Colchester game as well when he should. A lot of people thought he should have had a penalty. I thought in that as well, he, he barely got touched and he threw himself on the floor. I think that's an issue that we're going to have. I think obviously his fitness has been great. And I think if if we had him as a sort of sub to go down the middle, I think he'd be a pretty good impact sub. But then you've got Harrop, who we just showed 
everything I said in pre-season with Harrop, he looked he looked brilliant. He looked hungry. He always wanted the ball. And I think Mark Hughes said he's like a kid in the streets, the way he just wants to play football. And I think that sums it up perfectly. He just wants to play. Um, and I think, yeah, I think Angle, I think he'll get there. But I just think it's the middle. I think he has to be middle for me. Yeah, it's... it's... Do you know, we've already talked about the lad already and he came on his bench. I know that you guys, and we'll go back again, we'll we'll talk about Banks in a moment, but Kean Harrett, from, from, well, in fact, no, Andy, tell me about his, you know, how, when he came on the pitch, tell us about what, it, what he, he did. He were only on pitch for a couple of minutes, if that, and he makes an amazing run down, down the, down the left, where Angle should have been, and it's like him and Cook have got this synergy, in my opinion. They both know where they are on the pitch. And you need that sort of partnership to, to, to keep building. And you need to play them together to keep that building. But he knew where Cook was going to be. And it, it was just that quick, move, sharp movement. Like, he's a little whip here. He, he, he's like a little energizer bunny. He doesn't stop. And for, for me, he, he just came on and he were everything that we were missing at that point in the game. Jack, do you think that him and... I know it's difficult, obviously, he only played a few minutes, but could could you envisage him and Cook having quite a good strike partnership this season? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think I think you could see Cook scoring at least 20, 25 goals. I think partnering up with Harrett. I think 4-4-2 is an important thing as well, or even 3-5-2, which I quite like. Having two up front, though, is a big one for me. And I think with, I know you've said it before, there were three at the back. I think this might be the chance with the full-backs having a poor, poor few games. I think take them out, get another centre-half in there, have some have some attacking going forward, have two up front. And then we can, we've got the depth as well within the squad. So I think Cook and Harrett, for me, have to start. And I think the partnership will be brilliant. Yeah, but... So, do, do you think then that we've got the wingers? We know that they can do stuff going forwards, but do you think the wingers could have that ability to be able to get back all game in a three-five-two as well? Yeah, yeah, I think they can. I think they, I think they would. I think they'd be pretty good with that. I think you've got three pretty experienced centre halves as well, even though young with. Adesuna, Adesini, whatever you want to call him. Adam wants to call him. <laughs> you've got Critchlow and then you've got Platt, who looks a little bit nervous for me, but I think they're I think they'd do a, be able to sort of bring them together. You've got Smallwood at the middle and Gilead. I mean Gilead has been absolutely class since he's gone into that position next to Smallwood. I think I've never been his biggest fan. I'll openly admit that the time he came back, I thought, great, what have we done this for? But since he's been there with Smallwood, it's been brilliant. And I think I think this having Smallwood in there, I think that could give give everyone a bit of a give it a bit of a kick. So I think yeah. new sides, yeah. Yeah, I think I think um I mean obviously the pass for the I think it was the second goal from Smallwood. Um obviously Song goes for the third as well, but Smallwood um I think he I think he's gonna grow into every game. I don't think we've seen the best of Smallwood yet. What do you think, Andy? Um, no, he, he's obviously got a presence in changing room and that's commanded by the fact that he's already got the captain's armband in it. And he has got a presence, but 
I'm seeing glimpses of what he can do, um, but I do feel like sometimes he does go a bit quiet in games. But the, there's more to come from Smallwood. And do you know what? I think he's taken Gilly under his wing. He's transformed Gilly into an amazing player o- over the over the last few months that he's been here. Like, he's, G- Gilly, for me, it, we, there's always been a footballer under there, but it's just, he's it, like the little straight up, where do we put him? And yeah. I think we found it. Next, next to Smallwood, he looks in control. Both of them have an understanding of when to hit that gas pedal to set the team going forward and when to fall back. And, and I think Gilly is really relishing and enjoying it in the middle rather than out on the wings or even further up the pitch because we all know that Gilly can sometimes lose his way when he gets too high up the pitch. He, he might not make the pass or he won't shoot. Um, but in the, in the centre, we're, we're, we're where he is with Smallwood, I think he's doing a great job and I think he's found is like forever on, so to speak. Yeah, I think that's such a good point because I think Hughes saw that at the beginning of the season. I remember like <clears throat> Scunthorpe fans the year before, they genuinely believed that Gilly was going to be in League One because mm-hmm. he was he won every single, every single player of the season uh, trophy. He was phenomenal. And <clears throat> seeing him, sorry, excuse me, uh, seeing him come back to City, I expected more from him last season when, when we signed him. What people saw last season, I think, was the previous Gilly. But now we're seeing a guy, he's very quick. He's in, he's in a position of, I would say, more responsibility. What would you think to that day? Do you think that's what's given him that kind of maybe that more of that enthusiasm? Yeah, I think he has. I think when I think there's probably more pushing forward, he'd be looking for that next ball, looking to get the ball into the box. I think now he looks a lot more composed. In the middle, he so he's, he's he almost looks like he knows where he's going to pass the ball before he gets the ball, a bit like Smallwood does, for example. Yeah, he sort of knows. He, he just he's, I think it's just his footballing brain seems to have improved massively in that position. And I think he's. I always looked at Gilead when he played against us. He always used to have a belting game. He used to absolutely destroy us. And yeah. then I think now putting him there, perfect. I think it's worked really well. I think it shows as well that he can adapt to any position. He's, there's a lot of positions he's played in over his term with Bradford. But well, three was it three terms with Bradford? Two, two or three times with Bradford. I think he's. I think he's really shown. Well, he's he shut me up to be fair because I was a, a big critic of him. He's um, just more mature now, isn't he? Yeah. That, he's, 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 I think he's like got. He's either hit it or he's going for his hundredth cap. Under um, the appearance in the AFL or something along them lines, and you're starting to see that his maturity coming through is no longer this young lad from um, that we had on loan back in the day. He's, he's growing now and he's becoming a leader. So between him and Smallwood, because we've got we've got quite a young squad this season around them, and them two are kind of like the glue that's holding it together. And um, I'm really enjoying seeing Gilead thrive in that sort of area. It's going to be exciting. I tell you what, though, there is a phrase, never fall in love with a lone player. Andy. Oh, it's, it's going to be terrible in January, isn't it? When 
Palace call back Banks and Uddersfield call back Critchlow. It's going to be horrible. I would say it's going to be like divorce, mate. <laughs> Honestly, it's terrific. I, I, I'd love to keep them both um, on a permanent, but the, the standards that they've both shown so far this season, they're well above League Two standard. Um, so I, I am really concerned we're going to lose them in, in January. But Banks, for me, against um lost my train of thought. Hartlepool. That's the word. Yep, there we go. Banks against Hartlepool. He was just phenomenal. Um I were a bit shocked when Hughes brought him off, to be fair. Um I was surprised at that. Because I, I were crying for Angle to be taken off. Um but Hughes has come out and said that he took him off because he's had so much game time at such a young age, he's just been thrown into it, which is fair enough. He's trying to look after the boys, which that's the only way we're going to get through this season without having a shed load of injuries. But the boys is fearless, isn't he? He's got so much faith and he's not afraid to have a go at anyone, no matter how big or small they are. I, I love it. I love it. And seeing him at end as well, I um, mean, I like to be up the chickens. <laughs> the epitome of uh, some of the players in this squad and the fact that they're all getting on board with that it, it, it fills you with confidence going forward because you know that they're there and they want to get involved and they, know, they want to be part of whatever this is that's happening at Bradford at the moment Yeah, do, do you know what? I, I mentioned this before but even after he'd only been at the club for a couple of days he all, already the club had, or the sorry, the players Seem to have taken him in, and he's obviously quite a character as well to to, to being able to get on with them so well. Deck, what's what's been your impressions of, of Banks so far? Yeah, pretty much, pretty much echoing what Andy said there. I just I think he's he's class for that side. He's the only one little thing that bugs me is he seems to be all left foot. Other than that, he's perfect. And yeah, like you say, lone players falling in love. He's going to be one that's gone. going to go and really upset us. But I just think, yeah, if he uses his right foot, it'd be dangerous. And I, well, I think that'll prove why he's not going to be at this level for long, as well. Yeah, he's he's done really well. And obviously, we mentioned before about him being in the under twenty threes. And let's face it, that finish. Oh, what a finish that is! That that's not League Two standard, right, Andy? It's not. It's calm and collected, isn't it? It's, it you have to have a, a decent set of stones on you to be able to hold your nerve, to, to be able to do that in a pressure cooker um, of, of, of a live game with all the fans screaming. You, you've got to have a set of something about you to be able to still do that. It's one thing doing it down on a Sunday league park, but to do it in professional football, and we see it all the time in the Prem, I know, but to be able to have be that young and have that much composure at, at that age, it, it just shows he's, he's not going to be he's going to be a Premier League player before you know it. Well, he already is a Premier Premier League player. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, I, I tell you what, we'll we'll move on to Blackburn. We're playing Blackburn in the League Cup. Uh, we have got a crew fan coming on, Stuart from the way, Railway Men, which will be exciting. But uh, first of all, Blackburn, obviously we beat um, Hull last time round. Andy, tell us a little bit quickly, if you can, 
Tell us a bit about Blackburn. <laughs> uh, well, they've had a bit of an all right start. Um, it's very much sort of like, kind of like ours. They have lost the last two games 3 0. Um, so they've not scored at all, but conceded six in the last two games. Um, they have got the lowest XG, in, and we all have expected goals, don't we? Oh, uh, yeah. We love it. They've got the lowest XG in the championship at uh, 0.71. Um, and um, it's been reported by their manager that their goals have come through clinical finishing rather than the amount of chances that are created. So going into Blackburn, they've got a fair few injuries at the moment. The squad depth's not all there. The manager's openly said that he's um, still looking to do some business in the transfer market. So it seems like there might be their foot taking. But who knows? It's, there's still a championship side. But again, like I said last week, I think that our play style suits a championship side better than it does a League 2 side. Yeah, I was going to ask you, Deck, as well. Do you, what do what do you think tomorrow? I I actually think that we do suit a championship. I'm not saying that we are one, but I do yeah. think it suits that. What do you think? Yeah, yeah, totally agree with that. I think with our sort of the tactics he sort of puts in and the formation he plays, I think it does suit that. And I think a squad depth theory is really going to come into into play. I think obviously with the 15 signings that we made at the start of the season, I think that's really going to be vital for this game I think as well Chapman I think he's going to prove what we've been missing and again shut me up after this podcast tomorrow he's going to be brilliant um, but I do, I do think that that will be I think it might be the game where he'll, he'll come to life Yeah and obviously there's there's a little bit of a connection uh, Blackburn fans absolutely love Mark Hughes or certainly what I've read anyway because he left the Wales job. He did a great job at Wales job. He really did. Um, went to Blackburn, was expected to keep them from relegation. Brought in players such as Rocky Sante Cruz for 3.5 million. He brought in um, Samba for like 400 grand. To be fair, at some point he was getting paid that. I think it was at Anzi. Anzi, you know, the Mekakalakalakalakalaka. Uh, <laughs> getting paid about that a week. Um, our very own Stephen Warnock for 1.5 million and uh, Bentley as well. So I think Blackburn fans, I expect that they're going to give him quite a good response tomorrow. Um, Andy, what do you think? Yeah, I can't see why not. I mean, for me, he's probably one of the best managers Blackburn have had in recent memory. Um, so, so yeah, hopefully they'll give him a good a, a good response for sure. Um, but I, I, I'm going with... Uh, 2-1 City win, get us in the cup draw for a big game. I didn't even ask you for prediction yet. I know, I'm, I'm jumping ahead, mate. I'm jumping ahead. Uh, Deck, I tell you what, seeing as he's already gone for it, what are you going for? I have 2-1 as well. I have it written down next to me, 2-1. See, I reckon you guys are only saying 2-1 because obviously I got the prediction right last game So against Hull. So... <laughs> ah, I'm going to have to change it. I was going to go 2-1. I'm going to go... <laughs> Do you know what? I'm going to say one all. Have we got penalties in this round? Yeah, it's straight to pens. pens. Yeah. I'm going to say City on pens, one all. Tight. You will see. Um, Deck, thank you so much for your input today. We really appreciate it. And uh, hopefully tomorrow we will beat the Blackburn. We'll see. And obviously you'll hear more about that next week. We So, yeah, thank you, Deck. And, right, thank uh, you, guys. Take Cheers, care. Deck. Cheers.
So on Saturday, we are playing against Crew. Crew have had an interesting, well, probably quite an interesting three or four years, but w- luckily we have got Stuart. Stuart is a Crew fan. Uh, Andy, tell us a little bit more about the podcast you did yesterday. Um, yeah, I, I went on to uh, Stuart's podcast, The uh, Railway Men, and um, answered a few of his lovely questions. And uh, yeah, it, it, it's really nice, to be fair. It's, it, it is what it is. But uh, welcome, Stuart. How are we doing? Hi guys, thanks for having me on. It's nice to hear you enjoyed it. Um, it would have been bad if we'd have started off with you slating the the railway man podcast. <laughs> would have been a great start. I think the one thing I love about it is so like uh, me and Adam started it off with, like the city event with just two of us, and then we brought in Andy and there's three of us, and we thought, oh, that's quite a lot of people. Tell us how many people are involved with the Railmen podcast. Um, so I'm the uh, the presenter. I you know I still sort of feel a little bit weird saying that about myself. Um, and then we, I'm really lucky I've got a producer. that <laughs> He's a BBC radio producer and he's a crew fan. And he, he sent me an email out the blue one day and said, I, can I give you a hand if you want? Uh, and so to that, I responded immediately with, yes, please, when can you start? <laughs> um, but because the rule is that everyone that's on ideally should have been to the game that they're talking about. So if we're talking about the home game to Northampton, for example, this Saturday, you should have been to Gresty Road on Saturday. And we have three people on every week. And then it rotates. Um, I think at last count, we'd had 22 people, um, which is exactly what I want. Um, I'm a crew fan. I've been a crew fan for all my life. But I am not the only crew. Well, I, I would say I'm not the only crew fan that knows lots about the club. I don't know if I do. There's certainly people we've had on who know much more than me. Um, I So my thinking is I don't want... I don't want a soapbox, basically, where I'm going to tell you what's happening. I don't want to tell uh, crew fans what they should think about players. I want to ask people what they think about players, what they think about performances and results. Um, and it's, it seems to work really well. I, you know, I, I'm aware I'm saying that about my own podcast or our own podcast, but people seem to like it. Like the, the percentage of listeners that we have every week compared to how many people are in the ground watching the Alex. It's insanely high and we've got the club on board. Like they occasionally help out with like retweeting and stuff. And we've had Dave Artell on before he was sacked. We've had some players on. Um, yeah, it's it, it's all really good. And considering the season that we had last year, you know, we, we could have gone down the route of Arsenal fan TV and just shouting and screaming down our microphones for an hour. But from the very start, I said, this is not what we're about. This isn't me. I don't think it's crew fan base. You know, if you're going to support a team like crew, you can't be screaming and shouting every week that you don't win 4-0. You know, we'll leave that to the entitled Premier League fans. That's not who we are. That you know, If you're going to sign up to a, a League 2, League 1 team, you're going to have to accept you're going to lose more than you win. That's just the reality, I'm afraid. Yeah, Stuart, I think it's an interesting one you mentioned about Artel as well. I think we'll start on this one. I think it's, it's it's good to do that. Let's talk about last season. So what went wrong last season for you guys? God. How long's your podcast? <laughs> <laughs> it could be um, five hours if you want. So I'll give you the headlines. Um, 46 league games. We won seven and drew eight and lost 31. Uh, it, was, it was a slog. Uh, so I don't live in the UK. I've just said everyone has to go to the game. I'm the exception yeah. to that but it's yeah. my podcast, so I get to do what I want. Um, so I watch on iFollow, and, you know, there's there's plenty of time, or there was plenty of times last year 
where I thought, what am I doing? Like I'm making plans around getting home for because it's six o'clock kickoff uh, where I live for a three o'clock, three o'clock on a Saturday. So I'm making plans to be making sure I'm home for six o'clock on a Saturday to watch crew. And I knew that if we were playing Burton away or Sheffield Wednesday at home or Doncaster even, who came down with us, we're going to lose. And we did. We lost so many games last year. Um, what went wrong? God, um, player retirement, player strikes, uh, playing players in the wrong position. I think Dave Artell probably now would accept what we all thought at the time or towards the end of his time, uh, that he tried to take too much on. You know, if you mention crew, there's normally one person's name who comes up, that's Dario Grady. Uh, and he was Mr. Crew and he did everything and he had this aura about him. And, you know, he deserved that because of what he did for the club in terms of uh, taking us from the bottom of League Two or Division Four, as it was then, to the championship and keeping us there for uh, it was eight years in nine, I think we were in that league. And so that came to him, you know, that he was the boss and he didn't, um, he wasn't to be messed with. And I think Artel wanted the same sort of awe about him. Like, I care about this club. I get this club. And he did. He was great. But he tried to do too much in terms of um, everything, basically. The academy, the reserves, the first, the telling coaches how to coach. You know, if you put someone in charge of the reserve team and you're telling them what subs to make, you're not really showing them that you trust them. Uh, in terms of contract negotiations, instead of leaving that to the board, the people that probably should be doing it he was trying to take over um so but it wasn't just him like I'm a big Dave Artell fan I was never even when the season was going on I um I had the phrase that I used a few times on the podcast I wasn't by the end I wasn't Artell out but I also wasn't Artell in I'd sort of become indifferent because when you are a club the size of crew uh, you do have to wonder who you're going to bring in next because we're not going to get Mark Hughes turning up at Gresty Road that's just not going to happen um, so yeah, I, but I think now in hindsight, now that he's gone and now that we've seen the start of the new era under Alex Morris, um, I think it's done everyone good. And I've seen a couple of interviews that he's done recently, one with Gab Sutton and then one that I've read in the, uh, the athletic and he seems to be doing much better. Like he was a broken man at the end, you know, you could see, you felt a bit sorry for him. He, his, his mental health was shot. He just looked tired. He just looked drained. And now he said, you know, I've done a bit of reflection. I've been away. I've talked to some people. Uh, I know what I did wrong. I know. And like, so for him, that's great. He's not back in management yet, but I hope he is soon because he, he really, he did a really good job for us until last year. Yeah. I, 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 I'm intrigued to know why, because obviously to the outside world, looking at crew last season, it looked like you were just getting pummeled every single week and why you still have that 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 belief in, in Artel because I think for anybody else, I, I suppose in some ways you have explained that. You have said, okay, that, that you know, that there's certain things. But is it because is it because like I can't stand the fact when people say, and apologies for this as well, Stuart, I'll, I'll mention it straight away. When people talk about the size of clubs, so it's obviously like with Bradford City fans, they say, well, we should be in the Championship, but we're not. You've got Forest Green who've just gone into League One. You've had teams like Burton who were in the Championship. I don't think that football works. Like, but how? Would, how? What, what would you say to that? Oh, I completely agree. It's a point we made last week. We had Sutton uh, Tuesday night this week just gone. Um, you know, to an outsider who just sort of glances at a fixture list and say Crew versus Sutton, Crew will win that easy. Because Crew is a, a recognised name, is 
maybe the wrong phrase, but it gets the point across I'm trying to make, whereas Sutton aren't. But the reality is, like I said, Sutton finished eighth in um, League Two last year. They got to the, the joke of a competition's cup final at Wembley <laughs> and Crew won seven games last season. And there's a hangover from that. So we were talking on our pod a couple of weeks ago before that game. This is going to be really tough. And just because they're called Sutton United doesn't mean that they, um, they're going to be not good. Like They deserve the right to be here. And it's something else, actually. I think part of the time when Dave Artell started to lose the fan base last year uh, was he called Sheffield Wednesday the Real Madrid of League One. Now, he got a lot of abuse for that uh, from people online because uh, that's where abuse normally comes from. Yeah. Um, and I, I was asked to go on Radio Stoke, the local BBC uh, radio for crew that week. And they asked me and said, well, he's right, isn't he? I said, no, of course he's not right. Sheffield Wednesday are in League One with Fleetwood, with Morecambe, with us, because their football team deserves to be in that league. If they didn't deserve to be in that league, then they would not be in it or they'd be top of the table and they'd be in the championship next year. They're not. They're still in League One now. Like, just because they play at Hillsborough and because they're called Sheffield Wednesday does not mean the 11 players they put on the pitch are inherently better. You know, Bradford, I would argue, are probably the biggest club in League Two. You know, it's probably the biggest crowd we're going to have uh, this Saturday when we play you guys. But you're in League Two. Yeah. <laughs> why would why would we be scared turning up at Valley Parade to play a team in the league that we're in? That's what football is. It's It's bonkers. Um, what I meant before about like you know the, the the manager we would attract, the the reality of that is it's not a name thing; it's a wage thing. Yeah, you know, we we're not going to give you thousands of pounds a week. We might give you hundreds of pounds a week if you're lucky, but it's not going to be any more than that. You know, you have to. And this, you know, this is something that I think as well that you could disagree with. We are a weird club uh, in terms of. Um, you, you're going to come in and you're going to have to do it the way we want you to do it in terms of the academy. Like we, we have an academy that we're probably most, like most of the fan base are proud of and quite rightly, I think. Um, so if you come in and say, right, well, the academy, I'm not going to give that any time of day. I'm just going to bring in a load of experienced pros, cloggers from League Two, and we're going to hoofball our way to the championship. Maybe you'll get some uh, fans on board if you get them success, but you're not going to get many, especially if it doesn't work. So, you know, you have to buy into that. One of the things that I was really, really disappointed with um, this year was that we didn't uh, interview anyone for the job. Dave Artel was sacked and then uh, the board effectively decided that Alex Morris was the next man in because he's the guy who'd been groomed to be next man in. Um, I think that's wrong. Now, even if you think Alex Morris is the best coach in the world, and they do, they genuinely think he's the next best coach that we've got. You've got to see what else is out there just to see what uh, what what you can do, what's different. And I had a couple of people getting it. This is weird. This is me. This is me showing off. But this is this is accidental showing off because I don't like to do it. But I'm, I'm to fit the story. I have to. So it was really. I had a couple of ex crew players that we've had on our podcast text me and say, "Oh, I'd be interested." And like, I don't know what you want me to do. I'm a crew fan who's got a podcast. I've got very little sway. Um, but we had um, a guy called Justin Cochran come to watch the Alex that weekend after Dave Artella got sacked. Now, Justin Cochran came from Hayes when he was a player to crew uh, when we were in the championship. He was a fantastic centre midfielder. Like he was really, really good for us at that level. And we've had him on the pod and he's brilliant. And he went from uh, playing to coaching and he was at England. So he was the England under 17 head coach, I think, when we had him on the pod. 
massive person to get on the podcast. And then he's gone to Man United and he was at Man United last season and he's come to watch crew. Why has he done that? Because he's interested in the manager's job, but they haven't even interviewed him. He's now left Man United. He's now head of recruitment at Brentford, which again, is a pretty sweet deal. This is a guy that knows what he's talking about. So even if you were going to employ Alex Morris, then give Justin Cochran a go. Even if you're only going to interview players who know the crew way, you know, the, the one I've just told you about. And these players do because they've played for us. They, they get it. They've been to the Alex. They've trained at the Alex. They've, you know, they've played for them. Um, so, yeah, I think that would have been my only complaint about the, the, the process so far. But if you look at what Alex Norris has done, I think we've been okay this year. You know, it's early. We've played five games, but we, if the season finished now, we're in the playoffs. So obviously it's not, we've got 41 games to go. But yeah, you know, he started off okay. So, so going into this season, then what 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 can you tell us to what can we expect from Alex Morris's side on Saturday next week? So, going for formation wise, uh, it will be players. What, who do we need to look out for? Who stand out for you? Uh, right now, Courtney Baker Richardson is uh, quickly becoming a, a bit of a fan's favourite. We signed him from Newport, so he would have played against you guys last year. Yeah. I think. Um, what I hoped at the start of the season was what I read or heard online that he was the reason Dom Telford had such a good season last year. So he's the one getting the ball, knocking it down, Dom Telford scoring. When you read something like that, you're like, oh, that's great. That's brilliant. That's just what we need. <laughs> but then the other part of being a crew fan for 25, 30 years is, well, why is he here then? Like, why? <laughs> How he ended up at Gresty Road if he's that good? Um, he didn't start the season. He got injured just before our first game at Rochdale. So he was on the bench. He was on the bench for the first three league games. And then we had another striker, uh, Basala Sambu, sent off. And he's come in for the Sutton game. He's come in for the Northampton game. So this week, the two games that he started, he scored three goals. He scored off the bench against Harrogate. So he's already on four goals, two starts, three sub-appearances. He only got eight last year at Newport. So whilst they're saying he assisted a lot and made a lot of goals, um, he didn't really score tremendous amounts. But um, he he's everything you want from a striker in terms of the fact that he's going to put himself about. He's going to annoy defenders. He's going to get in their faces. He's going to win headers. He's going to take them on. He's going to try and tackle them. And he cares. Like you, know, It shouldn't be a thing in football that footballers that care get fans like really excited because they should all care. You know, if I was playing at Gresty Road, I'd care. I, I might be terrible. I'd, I'd run around and not know what I was doing, but I definitely looked like I cared. But it does come to the fact that sometimes, and I'm sure you guys get this at Bradford, some players look like they care and some don't. And they probably all care and they're all trying their best, but it's just the fact that they look like they care. Yeah, they like it makes a care. difference. And he looks like he cares. Um, and yeah, so he's quickly becoming a fan's favourite. So if one to watch out for is him. Um, if you want an academy player, someone that has just shocked me beyond belief this year is Callum Ainley. Callum Ainley um, came through slightly before, actually, our main crop that have just gone on. Uh, the reason why we got promoted a few years ago. You'll see all the names now in the championship. Uh, Perry NG, Ryan Wintle. In fact, some of them in League Two. Uh, Tommy Lowry, Owen Dale, Charlie Kirk. All these players... Uh, Harry Pickering, who is at Blackburn, who you guys have just been talking about. He's the star as well, the left back. Um, six players. Amazing. They've all gone on to bigger clubs, bigger wages, high up in the league structure. Callum Ainley's been left behind. He's sort of never really kicked on. And I, I was 
I'm annoyed, frustrated. I'm sort of, he's had his chance now. He's not going to get it. This is the best he's going to do. If he leaves crew, it's going to be down rather than up. This year, in the system that Alex Morris has got us playing in, which is a, a four and then probably two holding mids, Callum Ainley just in front and then a front three with the wide forwards. So Callum Ainley is now in a 10 role. I don't know whether it's just the fact that Alex Morris has come in and gone, you're a really good footballer. You should be playing good football. Whether it's the fact he's in League Two rather than League One, uh, I, I don't know what it is, but he started off sensationally. Uh, there's still more for him to do, but he's already got four assists, which he hasn't managed in the last two seasons combined. So, yeah, if you want a, an academy player, he would be the one. Calamaley, number 10, and then Baker Richardson, number nine at the top, uh, would be my two. Stuart, where do you think you're going to finish your season? I, 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 I'm going to throw it out there straight away. I mean, I've got a couple more questions for you, but I'm going to ask you that one first. Who knows? Um, I said somewhere between 12th and 15th. Um, all the experts, and I don't, I, I don't use the word experts sarcastically. You know, these guys know a lot. Gab Sutton, D3, D4, not a top 20. Uh, they had us around 20th. Most, like, on average, we were around 20th. Uh, the way the season started... Um, I, I don't know. I think I think we've started off okay. Um, I think we've shown that we can compete. I don't think we'll be in trouble. So I said 12th to 15th. I'd now, if I was to make that now, I'd say 12th upwards. I don't think we've got the squad to compete. Uh, we've got quite a good first 11, first 12, 13. But as soon as we start going a bit deeper than that, there's not, you know, we are rebuilding what was a terrible squad last year. Um, so, yeah, probably just outside the playoffs I'd go for now. I don't want that. I want us to stay where we are. But I think, uh, yeah, realistically, just outside the playoffs. No, it kind of surprises me a little bit. But what I want to do is, again, I've got a couple more questions. I'm going to ask the predictions at the end. There's only two Ashley Westwoods. So I met Ashley Westwood at the uh, Premier League. So we had a Premier League promotion team when we got there after 20 years. Um, sorry, 20 year anniversary, and I met Ashley Westwood. and I said to him, The you know, the one that played for us, not the one that's at yeah. Burnley. And yeah. I, I talked to him, I said, Is it true that there were two Ashley Westwoods that played for Crawley? Uh, so for Crew, sorry, can't get that wrong. Um, <laughs> is that's completely true, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He came for, yeah, so Ashley Westwood at Burnley, an academy player. I think the Ashley Westwood that ended up with you guys, I don't think. Think, oh God, I'm going to get told off if I get this wrong. I don't think he came from the academy. I think he was like a late teenager when he joined the club. Um, yeah, him and um, Gareth Wally both signed for you guys. Oh, Gareth Wally. I think, um, I think, was it 5-1 that we won at Gresty Road and then you ended up taking two of the players? because uh... It was 5-0. 5-0. Paul, Paul Jewell was the uh, temporary manager at the time. We were 4-0 down, half-time. Yeah, half-time, uh, sat, he... sat on the pitch. That's right. He basically yeah. it was the original Phil Brown, into if anybody knows. Uh, yeah. So he he basically did the wait. Well, he, he he did it in front of all the fans and uh, yeah, uh, which was fantastic. Apparently, Jeffrey Richmond at the time he was the chairman gave him the job because of that. But from what we understand now, there was a little bit more into that. But yeah, uh, Ashley Wood Westwood mentioned about that, and he said that. Um, he played for Crew with the other way, Ashley Westwood. Um, I don't think they would have played at the same time. He might have been in the academy. Ashley Westwood was at Crew from like six, seven years. And uh, again, the, the the club, the way it's run, um, they have like the academy lads in 
the first, the first team changing room, sort of cleaning boots and getting them used to being around like the first team and being in changing rooms and stuff. Um, yeah, so he probably he would have been at the club at the same time because, like I say, Ashley Westwood is uh, he's as crew as you come, the one at Burnley now. So it would have been the same time, but the, nowhere near would they have crossed over in terms of playing time. No, not for the first team anyway. Uh, okay, so you told me a fib then. <laughs> Ashley, it might have been a, a mis- misunderstanding. I, I I don't want to call him a liar, uh, but yeah, maybe a misunderstanding. So mm. so be- so bearing in mind um, that. Valley Parade's not been the most successful hunting ground for for crew in recent years. Um, I think your last victory came um, with a five uh, five one win against us at Valley Parade in 2011. I think it was um, where we were just it, we were just on massive decline. Um, so, but other than that, you've not really. I think you've only got a draw since then. At Valley Parade in, in the meetings we've had. So, what are your thoughts going into Saturday? How are you feeling about it? Uh, I, I I mean, I've never seen Crew win at Bradford, but I mean, those statistics would suggest that very few people have. Um, <laughs> I think we, I think from now, now the season started, I don't think we need to fear anyone. Uh, we played Northampton at home on Saturday. We should have won. You know, they scored from a corner in the 97th minute. Um, and we look like we contain them really well. And then, you know, this team is going to make mistakes because they are, like I say, getting over last season. They're getting it's a new squad learning and everything like that. Um, so I don't think we need to be scared of anyone. I would say that the players that you've got suggest that you should be towards the end of the, the higher end of the table. So again, going there is going to be a tough game. So if we lose, it's not going to it's not going to be the end of the world. But I also don't think that we should be uh be scared of going there i think the, the young players that have never played at a place like this should you know they should relish going to Bally parade um are you asked for a score prediction now yes now, yeah. absolutely <laughs> everyone on my podcast when i have them on always says one one um so i'm not going to say one one so i'm gonna i'm gonna say two one to the alex Ooh, okay i'm gonna hold you that to that Stuart. I think that's what Andy said about Bradford, though. Yeah, I, I said it the other way around. To yeah, be fair, just, uh, uh, repeat it. You I, th- know, I think we've, I think we've had, even though you are three points ahead of us at the moment. I think looking at the looking at the uh, results that we've had at the start of the season, we've had quite a similar start in where we're a bit stop start. We we, we haven't quite hit stride yet, and I think honestly. Um, your predictions for where crew are finishing this season. For me, I, I, I were expecting you to be around the playoffs, uh, yeah. maybe just outside, not as low down as you're thinking. So you might be doing yourselves a bit of an injustice. Maybe. Um, I, I'm still PTSD from last season, to be honest. <laughs> it, was, it would be... It would be absolutely foolish for me to say this team's going to win the league. We did have, uh, so we sponsor a player with, from the podcast, uh, a left back. He won't be playing on Saturday. He's been injured all season. He's, he's not far off, but he can't, he won't be back this week. Rio Adabisi, we had him on and we said, you know, what's a good season? He said, well, a good season is promotion, a, a great season is all, uh, champions. And I said, that's great to listen to. But, but then as soon as he finished, he left. I went, that's not in. Like it, you know, they, they can say it and it, they should say it because they're the players. You know, they, they're giving the fans what they want to hear. It's what they've heard from the manager in training and all of this. 
But again, I've been watching the Alex for 30 odd years. This is not a championship winning team. So, I mean, we let's be fair. We're 150 years in old in five years time. And we've never won a championship title the whole time we've been a club. And this isn't the team that's going to change that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Stuart, we appreciate your time. So just tell us about no your problem. podcast. Um, just tell us very briefly, if anyone loves the podcast, I know I've got yeah. quite a lot of City fans who love it. So just tell us about your podcast. So it's the Railway Men podcast. Um, we have weekly podcasts out today, Monday. Uh, we had Andy on this week. So, you know, if you are going to listen as a Bradford fan, I would suggest this is probably the one you want to <laughs> listen to. Um, as well as that, we started a website called The Railway Men Review. If you just type in therailwaymenreview.com, uh, you will find it. And uh, as the week goes up, we'll have various things about Bradford going up on there. You know, uh, we've got an opposition fan that we ask questions to. and We've got a match preview and things like that. And then there'll be a match report out next Sunday. So there will be things that are Bradford based. If any of the people watching, listening, uh, want to get involved and have a little read or have a little listen. these This is probably the week to do it, I would suggest. Indeed, indeed. So thank you very much, Stuart. Um, any last thoughts, Andy? Anything you want to say? Um, no, th- thanks for coming on. Hopefully um, we'll get you back for the return game and uh, we'll thrash it out, see where we're all lying at that point and take it from there, what you say? Yeah, no problems. Thanks, guys. Enjoyed no it. Worries. And uh, thank you guys for listening in. Remember, follow us on YouTube, follow us on Twitter, follow us on everything. Uh, he's gone already <laughs> um, please keep going with the City event uh, and also I just want to say before we finish congratulations to our Adam Adam is now a married man the best thing is he managed to get Stavros flatly at his wedding right it's an incredible video how he managed to pull that off I don't know but <laughs> it's, it's quality in it to be fair, fair play to him I wonder if he's kept one at Wigs I, I, well, he will do, and I'm <laughs> sure he'll keep all it. But Andy, Deck, thank you so much, guys, and we appreciate you all. That's the city event for this week. Up the chickens. Boom. Thank you, guys. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowl and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowl and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.